This is Keeping Up With Chaos podcast, where real, random, sometimes funny, sometimes serious conversations happen. Either way, it's all chaos. So wherever you're going, pop in your earbuds, find a comfy spot, and maybe a cocktail. Join us. Hey guys, thanks for coming back for another week of chaos. I'm Jocelyn. We're always happy to have you here. Now, this season is season four, and it's all about highlighting the creatives, anybody and everybody that's connected to the creative realm. And of course, a few weeks ago, we were able to share with you a bonus episode where we were able to uh, share with you our number one episode for 2022. So that was exciting. This week, I want to do something a little bit different again. It's another bonus episode. This week, I'd like to share with you our ultimate number one episode of Keeping Up With Chaos since its creation. Episode 42, Aspiring Creatives Unite with Katherine Schottifer. And she talks to us a little bit in this uh, particular episode about how she... Uh, her journey in the entertainment world and how she made her way out to California and also all the trials and tribulations along the way and her aha moments and also how she is now the CEO of a company called OMV which is Original Media Venture and it's a group that helps other aspiring creatives and actors and actresses trying to break into the industry so I'm happy to share this bonus episode with you or I should say bonus clip episode with you. And of course, as always, share us with just one friend, maybe a couple friends, because when you share us, we organically grow, and so do our podcasting friends. Let's get on with the conversation. Cheers, guys. And I was going to say, like, (laughs) you know, like, you should share your story as to, like, what changed your trajectory? You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I feel like there was a pivotal moment in your life that I found inspiring. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you. Cause when we started this podcasting, it was like, you know, I was like, who am I going to reach out to when we're having everyday friends we're having a conversation and you like popped in my head. Cause I remember reading about your story and you're sharing your story about, you know, traveling and um, going to a place that you'd never been and just being so inspired and, and, and embracing it. And then coming back and sort of like, you know, mirroring what you experience to like impact other people in a positive way, which is kind of how this sort of concept, right. Kind of came to fruitation or is that yes or no? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it was part part, of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, so in 2015, um, I was recently divorced. I had a five-year-old, uh, recently I'd been divorced for three years. I had a five-year-old. Um, and at this time I was a president of a creative agency, um, in LA here, we'd just been purchased by Saatchi. I had a lot of responsibilities. I had a lot on my plate and I had a good friend of mine who uh, had hit his earnout at a tech company and had been traveling the world and working on all sorts of like interesting humanitarian projects. And I was like, God, you know, that seems really interesting. No way I could ever do that. Right. Um, you know, but like, good for you. Um, and he kept telling me, you know, he, he, well, he went to Lesbos, the island in Greece, and this was sort of the height of the um, migrant crisis there. Thousands of people a day were coming across the channel. They were coming from Turkey, landing in Greece, yeah. um, refugees from Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, and then uh, just a wild additional number of countries because people knew that this was a portal and so we're traveling from other places to make that same journey. And you know, he called me and was like, I really think that you need to 
come here. Um, and I was like, cool. I'm a single mom. I have a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> I have three Netflix campaigns launching. Like, like there's just no way. Really not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and Do they have Cheerios but, there. Otherwise I'm not coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it just, it stuck with me. And so then I was just like, you know what, let me just go. There is something in the, in, you know, like there's some reason that I, I am being called to go do this. So let me just go do it. Um, so I was like, what do I need to bring? It's like a wetsuit. Um, <laughs> and, um, sense of flexibility. And so, I mean, I didn't even know where I was staying. I mean, I packed a duffel. I was, and again, this is one place where I will say like, I having friends who were able to say like, we can spend a couple of weeks with your daughter. We will make it like Disneyland time. So she doesn't, Amen. Miss, um, you know, that is where like, without that kind of support, I never would have been able to do any of this because right. again, like single mom, and I wasn't a single mom sharing custody. I was a single mom with full custody of my daughter. So, um, 3000 miles away from my family. Wow. So, that's crazy. You know, yeah. So that is, um, you know, with all gratitude to them, the rest of the story was able to happen. And so I packed my wetsuit. I packed the rest of my stuff. I was able to bring like one, uh, which I had from like, you know, surf lessons. Right. Awesome. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I went there and I was told to basically knock on this woman's door and that she would tell me which of her friends would be able to give me a place to stay. Uh, and wow. you know, this was like in the off season of, there it's usually a tourist area during the summer now i mean the refugee crisis has really come to kind of define what's happening on the island right now um but what had started happening is some of these refugees were arriving there is the, the fishermen who worked there and the people who lived in these small towns were taking people in they were bringing people in out of the water i mean it's just and in wow. any other country in the world there would have been government operations there would have been you know military yeah. intervention there would have been all of these other things greece was in the middle of an economic disaster there was no support and so everyone who was there essentially was a volunteer there were a couple of ngos who kind of came in and made a lot of noise but weren't necessarily doing anything super effective right. um so i knock on this lady's front door uh she walks me over to her friend's house where they're gonna rent me the little apartment that's up above their house she tried to hook me up with her 18 year old grandson <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of course she did opportunity <laughs> miss like, um but uh it was and then I was just told like go to this cafe and you'll kind of figure it out and they did so I worked for a while there on everything from going out with some of the open water rescue teams that were actually like lifting people out of the water wow. um but also you know things like making soup in a camp or, you know, you start to realize that like I had all these other skills that I did not think were in any way applicable. Like I learned how to install a Wi-Fi repeater at Comic-Con once. Um, and yeah, I needed that there. And I was like, wait, I think we can figure out how to do it. So I was on a motorcycle driving around the island. I went to the local college and tried to find somebody in like an IT department that might be able to, cause you know, it's not like you can go to the local, yeah. you know, this is outside the box thinking. Yeah. You're like, so, I need a solution here. I'm going to come up with one. Yeah. Right. And then finding, you know, what's the highest point so that we can bounce the signal that we need. And so it was a water tower on top of a pig farm. So we went to a climbed a water tower on top of a pig farm to put a repeater up there so we could strengthen Wi-Fi service on the beach, which is what everyone there from, you know, the lifeguard teams that were there to folks that were working in triage to all the different volunteers to the refugees themselves, like that's what they needed to be able to communicate. Um, and so- That's you know, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, but it was also, I mean, 
for me, it was the closest that I had ever been to seeing like just the, the most widespread human tragedy that you could possibly imagine. I mean, I'd seen pictures, I thought I understood. There was absolutely no way that I could have understood. And you know, when you're talking to people and hearing their stories and seeing you know, what they've experienced, you're like, how could, there's just no possible way to judge anyone for, you know, attempting to make this journey for attempting to save a family, you know, and yeah. just the brutality that you so many see them as like experience. people. It's not just some random news clip Absolutely. thing. It's like, you see the people. Yeah. And I, I tried to be really conscious that like, this is not my like bullshit eat, pray, love journey at these, you know, at the expense <laughs> of the suffering of other people. Right. This is my time to like adjust my sense of perspective on the world, um, you know, because my entire life had been spent, you know, I considered myself to be like a socially proactive person. And I, you know, I had absolutely no idea of just the level of privilege that had affected my life in so many different ways and, and how obligated you feel at that point to make sure that you can kind of scale that to, to as many other people as possible. And I wrote a couple pieces about that experience. They, some of them traveled pretty widely. Um, and so they from did that, even yeah. back then before all this happened, that's what I'm noticing. That's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, she's been doing this before this was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so you're really poised to like be super successful with what you're doing. It just, you know, you're ahead of the game. And I feel like that's kind of a trend for you is like, you're always like, kind of like one step ahead of like, what is going to be coming and it suits your personality, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's at this point sort of about like, I've built all of these networks, not intentionally, you know, over life um, because I'm interested in people and I like to talk to people and I like, I appreciate when other people have talents and like, you know, yeah. at this point it is about sort of networking those networks yeah. um, and saying this whole group of people needs to know this whole group of people. And here are the things that you have in common and here are the ways that you can help each other. Because sometimes if you don't have someone in the middle to help with some of that diplomacy, it's not always immediately clear, you know, right. <laughs> what you're supposed to be yeah, doing. Exactly. Together. You're kind of like, like a friend connector. Yeah. Like you're like a friend connector, you know, like you're connecting people together. Like I love that about, I mean, I do that too. It's like, I'll meet somebody and I meet another person. And I'm like, you guys need to like talk. Like, I don't know why, right. but I think you guys need to talk to each other like right now, <laughs> you know, right. on like a and really small out, scale. Like, if you're doing something interesting, like how do you get it capitalized? Because that's something, you know, we don't talk about enough is how much, you know, money comes into play and all of this stuff. And whether you're talking about right. startups or companies or nonprofits or like anything, you know, there are people doing incredible work that are woefully underfunded and sure. don't give the press attention and don't get all that stuff. And then there's somebody who's like, I just had an idea. Um, and now somebody's going to give me, you know, $10 million to go make this idea happen when, in, you know, in the meantime, you know, dozens of people have been. It kind of depends on how pretty you are. We have the same issue in our elementary school. We <laughs> did a vote for animal saving the cutest animal. I mean, nobody wants one. to save the ugly fish thing or whatever other random mosquito. Nobody wants to save that. People want to yeah. save tigers. No, but it's no. also kind of about like, I mean, there's, you know, there's people out there, like you said, like there's people out there that are born and bred into Hollywood, you know, like they're mm -hmm. like literally legit living like the day in the life of, and it's probably easier for them. They probably have some difficult hurdles to get through as well. And they have to prove themselves, but it's like easier for them to get out there. Like you said, from a creative standpoint, 
in the entertainment world to get exposure, you know, and here you are, you're highlighting people that, you know, might not have been highlighted or even seen, you know, and I think that's really cool that you've taken sort of a life experience that you had and turn it around and refocus that spotlight on other people out there that are looking for, you know, um, just like a new path and a new journey. And they just need someone to notice, you know, everybody just wants to be noticed really, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, could really bring something to the dinner table or to the table or to the TV or to the screen. And they have really big ideas and they might be sort of underscored. I think that's what we talked about. Like, why are we, why are we not highlighting our accomplishments? Why are we underscoring things, you know? And if you are a tool in the process to help these people or people, you know, be highlighted, I mean, I, I think that's pretty inspiring. You know, I think that's pretty cool. You know, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that's happened in our kind of entertainment landscape over the last decade or so is we've really sort of conflated the idea of being the creator and being the performer. Um, and you know, the that whole was, yeah, I have to stop you for a second. The word you said before creator and performer is way out of my vocab zone. Can you go back and tell me what that word means? What was it? Conflated? Oh, like inflated. Um, <laughs> sorry. Like we're substituting one thing for the other. So people, when they think about someone who is a creator, like, you know, someone who is creating a story, they'll think about it and, you know, be like, oh, it's this personality that I follow on Twitter. It's this, you know, influencer. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the same skill set. Like there's a reason that a show has writers and has actors. Um, sure. And where there's been this, a lot of chatter around, you know, oh, the internet has democratized content and now anybody can make a thing. And it's like, well, that's not exactly true. <laughs> you know, right, right. Uh, it, it's not the same skill set for both. It is expensive to make things, even if you're shooting something on a phone, unless you have a whole bunch of folks who want to contribute their expertise for free. Um, and it, it, like, that's great when you're, you know, sort of kids playing around, but to become a professional creative, you have to be able to sustain yourself. Uh, and uh, so, yes. <laughs> yeah. As you guys know, so you're thinking a lot about, you know, what are the ways that I monetize my work? What are the ways that I value my work? Um, and so the more that it becomes this like compete for an audience. And then when you build your own audience, like then all of a sudden you have valid value as a creator. Like it's just, it's sort of building a house of cards. It's not something that is super right. interesting to a lot of folks. And, and you're starting, you know, people haven't stopped watching TV shows just because Instagram exists. So. Exactly. I was going to ask you just really quickly, going back to like the Dick Clark productions and like some of your, like, you know, obviously mainstream entertainment world work. Do you have any like just crazy stories where you're like, I talked to that person, you don't have to say, but like, or like, or you're like, I had to like be around this person, like this happened or something crazy that happened, you know, that nobody would think of. I mean, cause I have, I have a story to share. I ended up in California really quickly with my brother for like three months and we lived out there. I worked, I lived just shy of Santa Monica. I worked at the Crocodile Cafe right by the Santa Monica Pier. And we went out to the Hollywood Hills, you know, and we went out and we were at like, I think Cindy Crawford's restaurant or with her, you know, what's her husband's name? I can't remember. Wasn't really? it I Randy Gear? I think, yeah. And I, I, I know that guy's name. I, I can't remember. I, I mean, it comes and goes, my brain. So I went, the women's line was too long. I'm like, fuck this. I am not standing in the women's bathroom line. Like, I got to pee. So I went in the men's bathroom and I ran into David Schwimmer, you know, from Friends. And I was like, I'm in the men's bathroom. David Schwimmer's right here. Hi. You know, like, did you go all fanboy on David Schwimmer? I totally did in the men's bathroom. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. Did he love it? No, he was like, 
who is this peon? And I was like, oh my God, hi. You know, and he was probably like, what the fuck is this chick doing in the bathrooms? But anyway, <laughs> I mean, have you ever had those moments? Because I'm sure, or, you know, where someone's like, I need a banana and relish and some chocolate sauce. And you're like, why? <laughs> but okay. You know, like, yes. Yeah. I mean, I would say that the sort of diva behavior is really more closely associated with people who are kind of brand new at being in the business. You don't see it a lot from veterans because they have realized that it's a collaborative industry. And if you're a dick right out of the gate, like the person that you're bossing around will likely be the person who's the showrunner, you know, 10 years from now. Right. Um, But, and I mean, I, listen, I've worked on probably like the best film franchises you could ask for. I've worked on things like Harry Potter and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And, you know, so I've worked on DC Comics. I've like, I've worked on, I've just, it's been great luck. I've been able to work on really incredible franchises. So I, yeah, I've met like a lot of folks, my favorite and probably my only like celebrity moment story um, that really felt, I don't know, sort of like an out of body experience was there's a building called Fox Plaza that I worked in for a number of years. And Fox Plaza is on the 20th Century Fox lot. Um, it is also the building that stands in for Nakatomi Tower in Die Hard. And cool. I got stuck in the elevator there with Bruce Willis. Oh my Shut God. The elevator Shut up. For like Stop a it. full, I mean, it was probably a minute and a half, but it felt like ages. Forever. Like, I can't say anything. I can't be like, <laughs> I mean, this is fucking wild, right? Yeah. Um, so I just have to be like really cool and, you know, have it all together. But yeah, we were stuck in the elevator there um, on our way up to my old office. Do you feel like he was thinking I'm Bruce Willis and stuck in the elevator of the Die Hard movie? Or right. like, was he probably not thinking that? Because I mean, obviously that's all you could think about, right? That's all right. I'd be thinking about. Like, do you think yeah. he was thinking that? I no. think he was probably thinking like, why don't they get a new fucking elevator? And yeah, okay. Long enough. <laughs> Just, you know, so it's a good uh, thing you didn't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know that's the thing, especially when you're young, like when you're just starting out. Like you cannot acknowledge anything. You know, like you don't acknowledge celebrity. You don't. It's like they're, and that's sort of the secret to making everyone around you comfortable. Um, and one of those things again, like nobody ever really tells you. You just sort of have to know it, um, right? <laughs> and, you know, and I think I had like a BlackBerry or something at the time, and I was just like <sighs> clicking, click, click, like making things, up, you know, just to like pretend you're a big deal too. You know, yeah, of course. I mean, course. clearly, um, that's awesome. But yeah. I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that are trying to like. I think um, something that was inspirational that you said to me was is, is something about like, hey, you know, I've had shit happen, and you know, I'm okay and I'm thriving, you know? And I think that's another part of it too, is that everybody's got a story to share, whether you come from royalty in Hollywood or you're like, you know, in, um, I don't know, like in some, you know, farmland and somewhere in the, I don't even know where, I don't even know. I can't even make that up, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you're like, just go to Springfield, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you. If you're from Springfield, you know, I mean, I think everybody has a story, but not everybody gets to share it. And I think it's important that I love to share my stories. I'm probably an oversharer. And I think there's a lot of oversharers out there on social media. You know, right no way you're not an oversharer. There is. And there's a I lot of people you have to filter through, but I think it's, it's like pretty cool that you were talking about how, like, you know, you were a single mom, you, you know, you were divorced, you're raising a, a young child by yourself and you're still like paying it forward and making sure other people out there 
can also share their story, you know, and not be underscored and be highlighted, you know, and I think that we need more of that in this world. We need more people rising up and helping other people raise up, you know, than like pushing people down. Um, I don't know. That's just my thought process. Do you have anything to add to that? Because I was, I think that's trending. Things like sharing stories yes. that can be difficult, you know, like I've been, I was very public about the fact that, you know, I got divorced. I got married very young by LA standards, sort of normal by the rest of the country standards. But right. um, I was 22 the first time I got married uh, and everyone that I knew at work here was like, are you okay? Are you being pressured? Is this a religious <laughs> obligation? Like what is happening? You know, like, right. Are you okay? Um, like kind of. Like, yeah, <laughs> in love. Everything's great. Like clearly, you know, it was not. You know, <laughs> being fun at parties and looking good with your shirt off is not uh, the way to build a forever relationship. But I didn't know that at twenty-two. Right. Um, and you know, but so yeah, being a single mom. I mean, my my ex-husband struggled with a lot of things um, that were not his fault, uh, and. So I have a lot of empathy for him there, but I also had to make a very specific choice at one point to not have that be the way that I continued my life or life for my daughter. Um, and, uh, you know, I, with my new husband, newish, uh, you know, I suffered a miscarriage and that's something that, you know, I never really heard a lot of other people talking about. And so I had to make a really intentional choice about like, let me talk about this yeah. so that if somebody else wants to talk about it, they know that, you know, there's at least one person out there who's a sounding board. Um, and I think the more that we're sort of honest about that and that we stop sort of trying to be the presentation of perfection, um, it helps us to just be more human with one another. So yeah, you are not the tastemakers anymore. So um, right. nor do you likely know any of them. And so, you know, for a long time, there was a running joke, especially in Hollywood, that the most influential group were Malibu teenagers um, because studio execs would be like, my kid said, this is the hottest new thing. And you're like, it's an $800 t-shirt that they only sell at the Malibu country mart. Like it is not the hottest thing. Dude, disco right. girls made it all the way here. That's yeah. from you guys that you bred that. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, be, being able to say like, you now have access to so many more creative minds and, you know, but I had to get to this place in my career where those people are going to take my calls. You know, I yeah, can get, right. you know, if I was somebody that was new and starting out, or if I came from a nonprofit background, you know, they would look at me as like, you can go over here and talk to our social responsibility group. And maybe someone will give you like an award and a, and a little grant or something. They're not going to be saying, yes, let us think about how ways to do business with a completely different group of creators. Like a letter that right. says, call me later and a check for 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you put your time and effort into working in like the mainstream entertainment and then you turned around and you've like, you know, you've uh, dug a little like, you've made your own little journey and your own little path. And I like it. I dig it. And I think it's inspiring because, you know, a lot of people out there think like, oh, I can't do this or, oh, I can't do that. No, just do it. Because, and like you said, sometimes you just have to make it happen. All right. That's a wrap for our bonus episode. Our ultimate number one episode since the beginning of keeping up with chaos podcast Episode 42, Aspiring Creatives Unite with Katherine Schadefer of OMV, Original Media Venture Group. Be sure to listen to the full episode, episode 42, and enjoy. And of course, some things never change. I still cannot say 
fruition. Oh, there I did it. Yay. All right, you guys, go. be sure to go listen to the entire episode because it's a great one. Of course, all of our conversations are great ones. And thank you for being here this week. We are happy to be in season four. If you are a creative and you want to come on and have a conversation or share your story, please email us at chaoskeepers411 at gmail.com. Check out our website, keepingupwithchaos.net. All the cool stuff is there, including how to find us on social media. And you can send us an email as well through our, our, uh, our website. Okay, you guys, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for joining us again this week. Cheers. <laughs>